Our scripture reading this, uh, today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 4 through 8, and verses 26 and 27. <clears throat> Hear these words of scripture. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. <clears throat> and Jesus goes on to say, when the friend I plan to send you from the father comes, the spirit of truth issuing from the father, he will confirm everything about me. You too, from your side, must give your confirmation evidence, confirming evidence, since you are in this with me from the start. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Egg rolls. <laughs> okay. Oh, dad jokes are just so silly. <laughs> Today we conclude our three-week worship series titled Abide. And we've been looking at this analogy of Jesus that Jesus uses in the Gospel of John of the vine and the branches. This analogy puts into simple terms how we are to live by abiding in God, resting in God, trusting in the Lord, and being sustained by the Holy Spirit. And we situated this series intentionally at the beginning of summer because with the change of seasons also comes a change in our routines and our schedules. As the days become longer and the weather is warmer, the kids are out of school, and we do different things. Often, I think we think of the, the summer, and we dream of summer as this slower time, this more intentional time where we get to relax outside. But often what ends up happening is that we fill our schedules with all of those things, those activities that we don't get to do throughout the rest of the year, and we add them to our already hectic schedules of work and family demands, and our lives end up being busier. So what would happen? What would this summer look like if we took this change in routine as an opportunity to really actually cultivate this, this slower and more intentional life where we pause and we abide with God, resting, trusting, and sustaining ourselves with the Spirit. Let us pray. 
O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This past week, I finally cleaned out my closet. I think the last time that I really, truly cleaned out my closet was when I packed everything up into boxes to move here four years ago. And as I sorted through this past week, I found all kinds of things. I found a skirt that I had bought that one time for that one thing that I went to that one time. And, and I thought after I bought it, oh, I'll wear that again. And then I found an outfit that I had bought because I thought to myself as I saw it in the store, oh, this is in style and I should be in style. I should wear this. I will buy it. And then it was still hanging there with the tags on it. And then I found some clothes that fit me 10 years ago when I looked the way I looked 10 years ago, which is different than now. And I found saris and salvars from Rasul's family. And I found a couple of Christmas sweaters that hadn't made it into the winter clothes bin before I put that away. And then I found some clothes that I had forgotten that I owned. And I am so excited to have gone shopping in my own closet. Each of these items that I found had been added by me to my closet. One item at a time for one reason or another until it made it difficult to really find anything in my closet anymore. And it took a while to sort through all of the things, few hours over several days. But now, when I go into my closet, I can easily find what I want to wear. Have you ever noticed how our lives are often like those overstuffed closets? For the past couple of weeks, we have been talking about Sabbath in different ways. For most of my life, this idea of Sabbath, which is really God's command to Sabbath, of taking time to, to stop and to be with God, this idea seemed idealistic. Yes, it would be nice to take time to stop, but I just can't right now, God. There's just too much going on. Sabbath seemed like a luxury I just couldn't afford until I got to the point where if I didn't willingly stop, then I was going to crash. And I think many of us are like that. We're in a similar place. We're exhausted, we're overwhelmed by life, and we have very little margin for anything extra, even if that extra is rest. Because every moment is taken up with something that is important, something that is essential. Our boss asks us to add a project at work, or the kids want to participate in a new activity, or so-and-so signed up for that thing and, and they want us to do that thing with them, or we need to care for an aging parent, or we've always wanted to do something and here's the opportunity, so we need to take this opportunity with, and do it. Or we really should do that thing, whatever it is, because, who, because they, whoever they are, said that it's good for us to do that thing, so we should do it. 
And then we add on grocery shopping and, I don't know, cooking meals and laundry and all of those things. And our lives are full. They're full of good things. Just like a closet that is stuffed to the brim with good things that were added for one reason or another. And because everything is good, it all becomes essential. At least we think it is. And so really nothing is actually essential. Imagine each activity or task in your life hanging next to one another, each equal on the same clothing rod, right, with on hangers. And because there's so much stuff in there, we end up like pushing them. You know how, have you ever done this with your clothes? You push them and then you try to shove the next thing. Nobody's done this. You all are looking at me like I'm a crazy person. I know you've done this before. Or with like coats, I guess, especially you're like you're shoving them and you're trying to shove the other one on. That's what our lives become. And we can't see what is actually in there anymore because it's so full. In Greg McCune's book called Essentialism, he describes non-essentialism first. And he describes it as being all things to all people. Being all things to all people. How many of us live like that? I know I have. And then after Greg uh, McEwen goes on to say that although we think, we like to think that we can do it all, we have limited resources. We have limited resources of time and energy and mental capacity. There's only so much of us to go around because we're human. And so he suggests that this healthier and more realistic way to live and he calls it being an essentialist. He describes essentialism as doing less, but doing it better. Not just doing less, not just throwing stuff out of the closet all willy-nilly, but doing things better. And when I first read this, when I was reading through this book on my spiritual renewal, I thought to myself, that is biblical. In the Gospel of John, Jesus tells us, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. We are not meant to do it all. We are not meant to be all things to all people. We are not the gardener. The gardener has the big picture of life. God is the gardener. And we're not the true vine. The vine that every other branch and vine gets its life essence from. That's Jesus. We are a branch. Branches are good. And as a branch, we get our resources from the vine. And then we have the freedom to choose which way, how we use those resources, how we grow, and how we bear fruit. And when we try to grow in all of the ways and bear fruit everywhere, the branches that grow from us, they're weak and they break easily. 
They don't have enough sustenance. And so we must then prune ourselves back, choosing just those few ways to grow, expending our energy on growing just a few branches so that they can be strong, so they can hold the weight of the fruit that they will grow. Do you get this analogy? Yeah? With the vine and the branches and the pruning and the the closet and the whatnot? I think most of us understand these concepts. The pruning back, the cleaning out the closet, whatever analogy we choose, we get that. That you're saying, yes, Pastor Heidi, we've been here before. The hard part, though, is how do we actually do it? It's not, it's, we understand the concept, but the, the mental concept sinking into our hearts, what does that look like? And that's where the end of today's scripture comes in. Jesus says, when the friend I plan to send you from the Father comes, the spirit of truth issuing from the Father, he will confirm everything about me. God has given us this spirit of truth. This spirit guides us throughout all of our lives, helping us to live as God desires. And this spirit helps us to discern what is truly essential in our lives. And what are those things that can be pruned away? What are those things that that used to fit, but they don't serve you anymore? What are those things that that are good opportunities, but they keep you from what truly matters? What are those things that are added to your life because they say that you should do it, but it really doesn't apply to you? In order to discern these things, to listen to the spirit that God gives us, do you know what you have to do? You don't know. You do. What did you have to do? That's, oh, you're here because you don't know how to do it? Okay. I, I have the answer then. You must Sabbath. See, you knew that answer. We must Shabbat. We must stop. Cease and be with God in order to hear God's spirit in order to hear where God is leading us. And I know that as I say that, you're like, oh, Pastor Heidi, that's so sweet that you think we're just going to stop and, and like pray and, and be quiet. I know who I'm talking to. I know I'm talking to a bunch of achievers and people who like doing all the things. And so we're going to do it now. We're going to practice. We're going to take a short moment of silence. It's okay you can handle this. I promise, okay? You guys are looking at me like you're a crazy person. <laughs> Kara, Kara is giving me the side eye. Oh, but we can do this. I invite you to just take this moment and let us stop. Close your eyes. Open your mind. Open your heart. Imagine your life's closet. How, how does everything fit? 
Is there space to see and breathe? Or is everything crammed together? What is God calling you to clean out? To give away? What doesn't fit you any longer? What are your top three? That trinity that you cannot do without, that are truly essential to you. And of them, what is God calling you to name as your number one priority? Oh God, our lives are filled with so many good and wonderful things. And yet you know, you know so much better than we do that we have limited resources. We're not able to do it all and to be it all for everyone. So God, guide us to clean out our lives as we would a closet, sorting through each and every item until we find those gems that we know are truly from you. Give us the courage to say no, to create space to stop, to remember that you are God, so we don't have to be, and that it's through you that we find true and beautiful abundance. Through your sustaining power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. That wasn't too bad, was it? Well, for some people, maybe. <laughs> I see the faces. So as we come to a time of prayer, I want to invite those who are joining us online to share your prayers with us. Uh, prayer at brexelumc.com. You can also use our text number or comments on Facebook. And I want to invite the worship band is going to share a special song with us this morning. Good morning. We're gonna do a special song for Deanne Kloss this morning. And Deanne's a big part of our music program here in Brexville. Uh, she sings in the choir, she sings with us sometimes in the praise band, has done solos, and believe me, that's a hard thing to do, and uh, leads our songs in worship in the woods. So this particular song is a song that she did as a solo several years ago, so she picked it out So we're uh, several years ago, so we know it's got to be one she likes. 
Uh, it's, the song is called Known. It's by a guy named Torin Wells. As we move into a time of prayers, uh, Deanne, um, 
Dan retired last year and then found out um, wasn't feeling well and was in a lot of pain. And after several months of searching and trying to figure out what was going on, um, the doctors finally discovered that she had bone cancer. And so um, she is very, she is in hospice right now and is not able to um, respond to texts or, or calls or anything. She sleeps a lot. Um, and so I go and I pray over her and I tell her all of the names of anybody in the church that I can think of that I know loves her and cares for her um, and is praying with her. And so, and it's a reminder of how blessed we are with the people that we have in this church community and in our lives. And the way that we come together and we pray for one another and we support one another through all of the joys and all of the terrible and awful moments of life. And I have, I have quite a few prayers for this morning. Um, Rick asked for prayers for his brother, Mike, who's finally having open heart surgery on this Tuesday after he's waited for quite a few months due to a shortage of nurses in Seattle. And Hillary asked for prayers for her brother, Steve, who has a brain tumor. And Marla asked for prayers for Alan's family as they mourn his passing at the age of 39. Shelly asked for prayers for Michael, who's going through cancer treatments, and for Deanne, and prayers of joy for the beautiful weather. And Jen says the joy of journeying with each other and for everyone here this morning in person and virtually in spirit. Thank God. Shalom. And Sue asked for prayers for her sister Nancy, who is scheduled to have neck surgery tomorrow, uh, June 19th. And Mary asked for prayers of healing for her cousin, um, who has, comp has had complications after an appendectomy. And Matt asked for prayers to, to for God to provide one more teacher for his camp um, invention that he's leading at Lutheran West. And then um, prayers of joy as we have a eight day old little baby in our midst and it's She's very tiny and beautiful. It's just a reminder that we go, that God is with us through all of it. The graduates and the teachers, and we are beyond blessed. So let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we call you our heavenly Father, and we give you thanks for the people who have been our earthly fathers in this life. And God, we pause and we pray for all in our lives who had filled the role of father in some way. For fathers who have striven to balance the demands of work and marriage and children. Honestly, 
recognizing both the joy and the sacrifice of all of it. Oh God, we give you thanks for single dads who do their best to fill the role of both parents and for fathers who, despite divorce, remain in their children's lives. God, we pray for the fathers whose children are adopted and whose love and support offers healing and hope. And for stepfathers who freely choose fatherhood to love their stepchildren no matter what. For those men, oh God, we pray, who have no children of their own, yet cherish the next generation as if it was their own. And it is their own. Oh God, we pray for the men who are not our fathers, but are still our mentors, our guides, who give us fatherly love and advice. And in the midst of all of it, oh God, we recognize that like Mother's Day, today is a day that is celebrated by many, but not all. And so we lift up in prayer those for whom this day is painful or flooded with hurtful memories. We pray for fathers who have lost a child to death and continue to hold the child in their heart. And for those fathers and those grandfathers who have passed away, but they live on in our memory and in your communion of saints. God, we know that you hear our prayers, the ones that we've lifted in voice, as well as the ones that lay on our hearts. May your spirit of comfort be felt, your wisdom revealed, and your perfect peace brought where only broken pieces lay. Oh God, we pray these things in Jesus' name as we pray the prayer he taught his disciples so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each and every Sunday is to remind ourselves that church doesn't end when our worship service is over. That we are a church made up of people who are like the Good Samaritan. We get off our donkeys and we go and we love like Jesus. So here are some ways that you can do that this week. You can pick up a good neighbor bingo card and turn it in on July 2nd for a gift card for ice cream. Or you can help out at a couple of ways, that, opportunities that we have to help. One is the Trials for Hope on July 1st, and that's going and helping sort through things. Um, and that can be done seated, and anybody can help out with it. Um, and then also we have a Habitat Work Day that's on Thursday, July 6th. And that's something for people who are a little bit more mobile. And then we also have Brexville Home Days. That's this coming weekend. And we need help at our fish, fishing booth. Um, and you can come and you can help the kids and attach, you, you secretly attach little things to a clip and they fish and they get them and they get really excited. So if you wanna shop for little gifts to, to attach to a clip, 
you can do that, or you can come and secretly do that in the booth, and it's really, it's a lot of fun. Or you can help out with our pie baking contest that we have for the community um, this weekend as well. And then finally, I want to let you know that our guidebook is available. This is um, our, our, our church directory, um, and it doesn't have any photos. It's just the information, and um, let us know if you would like to be added to it next year or if there's um, any edits to be made to any corrections for the information that's in there because, you know, we're all we're going on to perfection, we're, and, and so there's, there's, there's edits to be made, and that's life. Um, so you can pick up one of those, and you can tell us if there's any information to be added. And these are just a few of the ways that you can connect to BUMC. You can go to BUMClinks.com and check out all of the ways, or you can call the office, you can pick up one of our newsletters, um, and lots of ways are in the bulletin as well. So with that, let us receive our benediction so that we can go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. I invite you to stand and let us sing our closing song. Oh, no. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus the name of love every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you.
dad joke to kick you out of here. What kind of dog do you put a blanket on? Nobody? A chili dog. All right. Thank you all for joining us. You have a wonderful week. (laughs) 